Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, everyone on earth. That's what we need to remember today. Shout for the Lord. Make known our wishes and our desires. Join us as we come to the Lord in worship. Good morning. I will be reading this morning from Psalm 78, 1 through 4, followed by our call to worship. O oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will tell you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Bulling Springs Baptist Church, open your ears. Come and celebrate the story of our God, a story of compassion and mercy, of redemption and love, a story passed down from generation to generation so that God's people never forget the wonderful things our God has done. Help us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, knowing that step by step you will lead us all of our days. Let's praise and worship God together. Our hymn this morning consists of two songs put together. One is Footsteps of Jesus, and then we'll go into Step by Step. You can find the words in your order of service and also on the screens. If you um, just watch me, I'll show you when to start singing Step by Step. Okay, if you are able, please stand and join us in singing.
You may be seated, and I'd like to mention that we have Justin Harper as a guest guitarist today. So thank you for being here, Justin. I want to read to you a scripture from 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Give thanks no matter what happens. God wants you to thank him because you believe in Jesus Christ. I brought a pumpkin with me today. Some of them said, well, it's not really real. No, it's not. Because last year we rode on it. Thanksgiving is coming, and the first part of that word is what? What's the first part of Thanksgiving? Thanks. And we think about that sometimes more often on Thanksgiving than we do other times because it's brought up and it's Thanksgiving and we're going here and yonder to eat. But what I want you to do is think about why not thank God every day? God wants us to. Last year we put all kinds of different things. George, you want to hold my pumpkin for me? Hold on to my pumpkin. Last year we put things... We put things on the pumpkin that, that we were thankful for. What is that? It's a pumpkin and it's got words on it. Can you, can you hold on just one second for me? Thank you. So I want us to thank, thank, and think of things that we can be thankful for because every day we have things to thank God for. And God wants us to remember that. And you know, sometimes when things are bad, we need to thank him too when he answers our prayers, don't we? So when we have Thanksgiving or when we sit down for dinner today or lunch, I want you to think of one thing that you are thankful for today. Can we do that, Rylan? Georgia, can we thank God for one thing? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these children. And Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be thankful to you. So often, Lord, we look and see things we don't need to always see, things we need to turn around and make positive and not negative. Lord, we need to be thankful that today we have this church, this family, these children, our faith to be thankful for. There are so many children in the world who don't have that, Lord. There are so many families who reach out and search for that. Protect our families. Protect our children. Thank you, Lord, for your son and for the chance to worship and share our joy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. This weekend we have been remembering and celebrating and our veterans, and uh, we certainly want to do that here this morning as well. If you are here today and you have served in any branch of service, uh, would you please stand at this time and allow us to honor you, all our veterans. We are grateful for your service and grateful for the service of men and women today in uniform. And so please know that this morning. 
This last Wednesday, we started something new, and I am grateful. We had nine individuals who showed up for prayer and Bible study on Wednesday at 11 a.m., and I've talked to about five or six others between uh, that time and today that said that they are looking forward to trying that on a Wednesday morning coming up. But we are doing a new prayer meeting and Bible study at 11 a.m. on Wednesday mornings, and word has it this week that someone's bringing sandwiches. So last week, we went out to eat with about four or five of us and had a good time at the snack shop. Uh, we'll have to alternate, though, but, you know, snack shop or the yeah, quick snack and the snack shop, you know, I guess. But, um, but, uh, but come this Wednesday, word has it, there'll be some sandwiches there, and we'll be uh, in for a good time of prayer and Bible study and fellowship as well. Next Sunday, as Ellen mentioned, I uh, just want to be mindful that you're mindful of that as the Garden Web Thanksgiving meal. We'd look forward to that time with the students there and the, and the faculty and staff that may come as well, and please uh, be mindful of that. As we move into our prayer time, let's continue to remember Joel. Joel is not here this morning, but uh, he's had a, uh, just, a, a, just a tough week, but uh, is coming along, and let's remember him in our thoughts and prayers. Also, our youth is there at Caraway for a retreat this weekend. Uh, not only pray for them now as they close up and have their final time of worship and study this morning, but as they travel back to be with us this afternoon. And let's continue to remember as well our Operation Christmas Child ongoing emphasis, not only as we pack our boxes, but as the uh, boxes are brought in here to the church as well. Let's continue to remember that great ministry. Will you join me now in prayer? Father, as Ellen said, we are reminded that we do need to give you thanks. Thanks in all circumstances. Father, we know that's very difficult to do. But Lord, we know and trust that you have our life in your hands. God, we're grateful for another opportunity to come together, to be uh, together as one body and to worship in this place. And Lord, help us to never take that for granted. Father, we do express our sincere thanks and appreciation for the country that you have given us. We certainly have our challenges. And Lord, we do pray for our leaders, both in the White House and around the country, Lord, who make decisions on behalf of this great country. Lord, we pray that you would give them wisdom and that they would look to you. We do pray for protection and provision for our men and women in uniform, and we are grateful for all those who have given their lives in service to our country. Lord, we're grateful for Alan and for his leadership with our youth, and we pray for their final time of study, even at this hour right now, as they meet and, and seek to grow closer to you and to one another. Bless their travel home this day as well. Father, for Joel and for many others who are struggling this week, we do pray that you would renew their energy and their strength, that, Father, that they would feel the love of this congregation and ultimately your love in the midst of this difficult season. Father, as we continue on with worship this morning, Lord, we are reminded as we have sung footsteps of Jesus and step by step, and Lord, in just a moment, the choir will sing, order our steps. And, fought, and Father, we ask that you would truly do that, that you would order our steps, that, Father, each day we would do as the song says, that we will wake in the morning seeking you to lead us step by step. Father, we love you. We commit this time of worship to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next hymn is number 295, Near to the Heart of God, 295. If you're able, please stand and join in singing.
would you join with me in prayer? We come to this place, our Father, as recipients of your grace, your forgiveness and mercy, and your magnificent love. We come to worship, to honor, and to serve. And help us to be able to serve you through all that we are and all that we have. And as we give of our tithes and our offerings, we pray that you would bless those that, may be, that they may be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. In whose, and in your name we do pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, choir. What a great prayer. We think about the day in which we live. Order my steps. Thank you, Justin. Good to have you here today. Dick on the bass, thank you. And Roger on keyboards. And choir, you guys were good too. What a great song. And thank you, Candy, for your leadership in that. If you have your Bibles or you can look to the screen, always, even though we use these screens, I want to say, I don't say this every week, but even though we use the screens for scripture, I strongly encourage you to have your own Bible with you as well to look to that. It's great that mine's marked up and other Bibles that I have are marked up. And so please never just rely on the scripture, but feel free to open yours up and and to use that regularly. But we'll be reading a familiar passage to some this morning from Joshua chapter 24, where he asks the people of Israel a very important question. And it's a timely question for you and I today as well. But Joshua chapter 24, begin reading at the first three verses, and then we'll skip down to verse 14 in this chapter. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led them through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. And beginning in verse four, Joshua begins to um, uh, remind the people of Israel of all the ways the Lord has led them, both not only with Jacob into Egypt, but out of Egypt and through the Red Sea and through the wilderness and into the land of Canaan and into this promised land that is the story, the narrative of the Old Testament. In verse 14, we pick that back up. Now, therefore, revere the Lord, or fear the Lord, in some translations it says. Serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors that they served in the region beyond the river of the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, for it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. And who did those great signs in our sight? He protected us along all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples and the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, and again, let me remind you, this is Joshua, not God, who says this. You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God, and he will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. For if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. And then Joshua said to the people, you are witnessing against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve and him we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statues and ordinance for them at Shechem. Will you pray with me? God, I ask that you would bless the reading and the preaching of your word this morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. 
On any given Sunday, when we gather as the people of Boiling Springs Baptist Church, many of you are faced with decisions. Uh, Some may be small decisions, other decisions have great significance uh, to your life and to your family and maybe obviously to your future as well. Uh, Right now, I know there are a few college students here and I, along with them, are in the midst of registering for classes for next semester. I'll have a long one, a pretty good one in January, but we have decisions to weigh and all these choices have consequences and so on and so forth, we know that. But there are times that we go through in making decisions where things are a little unsettled. You know what I mean? If you're in college, uh, the unsettledness may come because is this really the career path? Is this really the degree that I want to pursue? And so things in your spirit are a little unsettled. Uh, for those who are making decisions about family and career choices or uh, you know, how to respond to something that's maybe going on in your home with your children, there are times in the midst of your decision making where your spirit is just unsettled because you haven't yet come to the point where the decision is made, this settles it, and this is how we're moving forward. So in that meantime, things are a little stressful. Uh, some of you could make and relate to this. I know when you, if you're involved in a committee, whether here at church or maybe at your business, you're part of a team or something like this, when you come and you sit down at the table and everybody has their different ideas and opinions about the final outcome, things are a little unsettled. We, we never have that here, do we, at the church? We're, we're always, everybody's on the same page with everything. Well, I, I wish that was the case always. But we've all been in meetings where it's like that. We all sit around the table. You have eight people. You may have 10 ideas, you know, about uh, some may have a few about how to proceed and so therefore it takes meetings it takes prayer it takes discussion it takes listening which sometimes is difficult for us Um, but through all of this we can go from a spirit of being unsettled to one where things are a little more settled Joshua is standing before in Shechem he's standing before the people of Israel and he is asking them once and for all to settle something They have followed the Lord, their God. They have followed Yahweh throughout the wilderness, but yet they have, but yet there's been times where they have strayed. Much like you and I, before we're too critical of the people of Israel, we need to look at our own selves and we are found guilty of that at times as well. But the people have not only sometimes settled, but they've settled for false gods. They've settled to go against the one true God. They've settled to go against Yahweh. And so Joshua wanted the people to, to settle something. Our story today, Joshua is appealing to the people to settle something once and for all. The people of Israel were led by Moses, and then Joshua begins to pick up the mantle and lead the people into the promised land. But yet, the God of the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Jebusites and the Hittites and all the other ites that the scripture may mention, uh, the people of Israel had been tempted to follow these gods. And so they did. The story leads us to believe that the people are unsettled about who they will follow and who they will serve. And Joshua writes in verse 15, he says, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Joshua is nearing the end of his life and he knows this. He's assembled the people and he is reminding them of all the Lord has done for them, the gracious acts. He goes back through uh, the splitting of the Red Sea. He go, you think of the people of Israel, you think about the manna from heaven, you think about uh, the pillar of cloud uh, by day and the, or the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and we could go on and on. And Joshua, I'm sure, mentioned things that aren't in our text today in reminding the people of what God has done for them. 
As you and I come this morning and we experience maybe in your own life these decisions that I talked about, uh, there's this sense of unsettled, something that's unsettled in your life, possibly this morning, with upcoming decisions that need to be made. And I would encourage you to do what Joshua did here in Joshua 24, is to go back today and remind yourselves as in the midst of your praying and discerning what decisions God would have you, what the choice is that God would have you to make, remind yourselves from whence you have come. Remind yourselves that just like the people of Israel, you also as well have been brought through the wilderness and God has uh, laid the path for you, if you will, and helped you. Maybe he hasn't split a Red Sea, but maybe he's done other things that you need to remind yourself of today. Joshua is settled on who he and his family will follow. In verse 15, again, he tells us, as for me and my family, we have chosen and we will serve the Lord. We will serve Yahweh. But then back and forth in verse 14, he even tells us what this looks like. So if we're going to choose to follow Yahweh, if we're going to choose to follow the Lord, what does this look like? And back at verse 14, at the beginning of it, he says, now, therefore, revere, or in your translation, it may say fear the Lord. Some, it may say worship the Lord. And when, it's, when he says revere or fear, this is not something that if, if somebody comes up to you with a blade and wants to cut you, this is not that type of fear. This is a holy fear. This is a reverent fear. This is uh, God is holy and we are man and I fear him, I respect him. The scriptures say in Proverbs, I believe it is, that um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I've also heard it said to fear God is to know God and to know God is to fear God. But it's a different type of fear than, a, than, than someone would have of someone who's getting ready to punish them. But this is a fear, again, of holy reverence and respect for our Lord. The holy fear enables us to worship God. And that's Joshua's desire for the people. He's saying, how do, how do we do this? How do we choose the Lord? What does it look like to choose to serve the Lord? Joshua here, back in verse 14, is saying to revere or fear the Lord. We're going to worship Yahweh because he is worthy. He's just reminded them of the things that he has done for them. The second thing he mentions in verse 14, and if you're taking notes, they're not on the slides today. These, these are the notes, really, they're right there in verse 14. But not only do we need to fear the Lord, but we need to serve him in sincerity. Serve him in obedience. Serve him in single-mindedness. As Joshua is asking the people today to choose whom you will serve, whether the God of the Amorites or Yahweh, He's reminding the people as much as we need to be reminded today as well about single-mindedness, not to get distracted about all the different things that we could follow and the different things that could have our allegiance. But he says, serve him in sincerity. This idea of obedience, single-mindedness, but also in faithfulness, consistently, not wavering back and forth. Joshua has seen that. Moses saw that. And he's asking the people once and for all, choose today whom you will serve. We're so quick to look again at the people of Israel and ask how could they turn after all that God has done for them? But yet, we must remind ourselves as well that we are also guilty of doing the same. And the third point is mentioned in verse 14. Not only should we revere or fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and faithfulness, but we were also to put away the gods, as he said, of the Amorites. Now, I don't know of any of you here this morning that are following the God of the Amorites or the Canaanites or the Hittites and Pezzasites and all the other ites, but I don't, I don't know of a statue in any of your homes that, that, that you worship. 
uh, but yet that's what they were doing here. So what would be those things today that we would follow? How would we, uh, we're not tempted again to worship these gods and follow statues. Uh, after all, we know the first commandment. You remember the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. It reminds us to put God first. So we might, we might not have a physical image that we worship, but what are other things that we may be tempted to worship today, things that could distract us from worshiping the one true God. I wrote down one that gets right to the point pretty quick, and that's food. Um, for some today, food is a problem. They live to eat and drink. We all like to eat, including myself. You guys know me well enough to know that I like to eat and that I love my sweet tea, but I'm talking about those who rise above satisfying their bodily appetites. It goes to a whole new level. As Paul put it, if you remember in Philippians 3.19, he says, their God is their belly, if you remember that. Modern, modern idols or false gods can also take, take the form of tangible things, which we all know, clothes, uh, businesses, cars, uh, machines, uh, numerous material things. These things aren't shaped like an idol, but yet, nevertheless, they're an idol to many indeed. Also, intangible things can be gods as well. Degrees, titles, uh, notoriety can become gods. Comfort can become our idol as well. I shared a few weeks ago about the fact that we were talking about the Holy Spirit and said that uh, a lot of times the church today uh, doesn't depend upon, rely upon, trust in the Holy Spirit as much as it should because we find ourselves too comfortable. And if the Holy Spirit has come to be our comforter and we're already comfortable, then why would we need the comforter? And so our comfort sometimes as Americans can be uh, well, for any, any nationality, I guess, can be an idol for us. We seek comfort above all. Some worship can uh, leisure activities. They can worship hunting or fishing or vacations. Uh, they can worship sports, worship golf. Uh, you know, these are not bad things. The question to ask in the midst of these pursuits is, do these things interfere with my relationship with God? And if they do, then we've got a whole another task in front of us, beginning to figure out how we can begin to move ourselves in the direction that Christ has for us and away from these things that have consumed our time. Throughout time as well, we know the gods of power and wealth and influence are the most demanding and continue to pull men and women down to the same level as the Israelites who are worshiping the golden calves. Some things have never changed throughout time. I think power, wealth, money, sex, all of these things have always been distractions and temptations for God's people, both in the Old Testament and yet still today as well. Verse 14 and 15 remind us that all humankind has a choice. We may follow those gods that distract us from being who God has created us to be, or we can follow the one true God. We can follow Yahweh who leads us and orders our steps. When we remember what God has done, both past, present, and future, for us, we can be the people who Christ has called us to be. As we reflect upon that, we can think, as I said earlier, all of us can look back, I hope, in our own lives and see and give testimony to what God has done in and through us. 
And some of you may say, well, it's hard for me to see kind of exactly what God's doing in my life right now today. I would challenge you to spend time with the Lord and God will begin to show you exactly what he is doing in your life today, whether through prayer and Bible study, through song, through taking a hike maybe one afternoon. But God is working in your heart and in your life now and God wants to continue to do that in the future. Joshua, you almost get this sense as he's standing before the people at Shechem now, hundreds of thousands of people or more, and he's giving testimony to what God has done. And he knows what God is doing in the midst of them right now, challenging them to follow once and for all the one true God. And yet he knows that his time is coming to an end. As you read Joshua 24 and the 20, chapter 23 before that, you know it, you see it. And then we see and read of that at the end of Joshua. But his time is coming to an end. And Joshua's saying, choose today whom you will serve. And I think this, he's being very kind in this because he could have went about it a whole nother way uh, that could have been much more judgmental, much more uh, finger pointing. But Joshua's saying, I know your faults. He didn't say that, but we kind of read it into the text. I, I, I know what you've done. I know the bad choices that you've made. He didn't say that, but yet he's standing before the people and he's saying, choose today whom you will serve. We make a thousand decisions every day, but none seem to have the consequences than the, than the choice that we have today before us. As the people of God, we must ask ourselves not only today, but every day, whom we will serve. It's my conviction that once we have uh, put our faith and trust in Christ, salvation is a, is a one-time thing. I don't need to get saved again next week or the next week or the next. But nevertheless, I have to willfully choose how I'm going to live out my faith each day when I wake up. I love the song we sung. It's one of my favorites, the step-by-step. -step. It says, I will praise you in the morning. And it references the fact that we need to follow God each day, step-by-step. -step. I, I shared with you a few weeks ago in Psalms, it talks about the verse in 119, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It didn't say it's a beam. It didn't say it's a, you know, a bright light that shines a mile down the road. But as we walk step-by-step, in the lamp, holding, I mean, with the word, trusting and looking to the Lord and trusting in his word as a lamp to our feet, he will lead us in that next path. Joshua knows that, I feel, as he's before his people and he's encouraging them as well to put their full faith, to put their full trust in following Yahweh. The people are quick to say, far be it from us that we should abandon Yahweh and serve other gods. We have heard what you've said, Joshua. What sort of fools do you think we are? But Joshua knows their history. He knows from whence they have come and he knows how they have fallen. And so he challenges them, if you read the passage that we've just read again, two or three different times to follow me, to follow me. And finally, in verse 21 of chapter 24, they say, the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. They say again down in verse 24, the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and we will obey his voice. Joshua keeps asking them the same question and they keep responding in the same way. But yet Joshua knows their history. And so he, he cannot drive the point home enough. As we think about our focal verses here, verses 14 and 15, Joshua's words in this story contain an appeal to Israel. Uh, between God, um, between Yahweh or the other gods of the Amorites, whom, who will you follow? And the appeal is rhetorical. From God's perspective, there's really only one option. Joshua clearly and without hesitation took his stand on the side of the living God. Joshua's asking in order to produce an effect, to make a statement. 
which we know to be a, re- a re- definition of what it means to be rhetorical. Joshua is asking in order to produce an effect or to make a statement rather than to elicit information. It's kind of like when husbands, when your wife says, go ahead. That's not a dare. It's not permission. It's a dare. Don't do it. All right. When your wife says, go ahead. That's not a good thing, all right? Or when your wife says, sometimes maybe you've just uh, completed saying something or you've done something, and your wife says, wow. That's not a compliment, guys, all right? That's usually how could you have been so stupid, right? Um, but Joshua is, is, is doing a rhetorical thing here in front of the people. He's asking them who to choose whom they will follow. He's not trying to tell them any new information that they haven't heard, but he's asking them to choose whom you will follow, and there's really only one right answer. And so today, as a congregation, that same question that Joshua asked thousands of years ago to the people of Israel is being asked of us in a day and age in which God's people and what it means to be look like many things. Our God is standing before us today and he's asking us that same question, choose today whom you will follow. It's not always easy to follow the Lord. Sometimes the short-term consequences of that can be quite devastating. Sometimes the long-term consequences of that can be quite devastating. But yet we know what the results are. We know what the eternal consequences are of choosing to put our faith in the trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been promised a home in eternity and that we will live forever with him. The choice is up to us though. The choice can't be forced upon us. The choice is not something that uh, we can be coerced into. Many ministers and churches try to do that, but ultimately, and I would, I would propose that a coerced faith is no faith at all. But yet God chooses us. He gives us a will and he is calling out to you and to me today to choose whom you will follow. In the midst of the political correct environment that we live in, in the midst of all the different opinions about politics and culture and country and and God and church today, he is calling us today in the midst of all the uncertainty, in the midst of all the things that aren't quite settled as, as a larger body or as a larger uh, country. He is asking us and asking you today to choose whom you will follow. This morning, I want you to consider that issue, your relationship with Christ, that is, has been settled. Has there been a time in your life where you have settled that once and for all, where you've put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? But I'll also ask you this morning, are there some things, maybe you've done that, but because of other distractions, things that we've mentioned earlier that can be God's today, that you've put your faith and trust in, are there some small gods, the small g, that are distracting you from worshiping the one true God, capital G? I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning as we begin to close. Joshua has challenged us today about whom we will serve. Following the Lord is the biggest and the best decision that anyone could ever make. And again, this morning, I ask you, have you made this decision? Have you confessed your sins to him and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe you've done this, but maybe you also realize that there are other small gods competing for your attention this morning. And at times, if you were honest, you have given in to those. God, I pray that as we stand in just a moment and sing, that you would speak to our hearts, 
that you would challenge us anew and afresh today to put our faith and trust in you and that when we are asked to choose whom today, whom we will follow and whom we will serve, help us to do that, Lord. Help us to put our faith and trust in you as the one true God to worship, to serve, and to consistently walk and be faithful to and to reject the gods that that surround us. Father, we all need help in this area. Father, give us the strength. I'm reminded of, of the words to Joshua in Joshua 1.9 when it says, I am with you wherever you will go. And Father, remind us of that. You tell us that in the Great Commission as well when you tell us to go and make disciples. You remind us throughout Scripture that you are with us. Father, forgive us for when we've turned to other idols and help us this day to put our full faith and trust in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you would like to do that, I would invite you to to come and to talk and to pray if you were here and would like to talk or pray about another issue that maybe the Spirit has convicted you about this morning. If you would like to talk about church membership, I would invite you to come as well. But let's stand and sing together. Number 277. sure to speak. I don't always say this. I need to say it every week, but be sure to speak to at least two or three people that you haven't spoken to before you leave today. If you look around and you don't know someone around you, be sure to go up and introduce yourself and, and uh, get to know a, a new friend today. But we're glad that you're here today. I'm going to turn it over to Candy now in the choir for and the congregation for our benediction.